I don't care about Snapchat or whatever the kids are using, TikTok. I go to YouTube to watch my TikTok. Hands off that dial. Business is about to get a whole lot nerdier. You're tuned in to Founder Quest. The struggle is real when it comes to Wi-Fi gear. Cause like, yeah, until like two weeks ago, you could have said, yeah, use Ubiquity and it's, it's all great. And now there's this, you know, big disruption thing that they're having this hack that they didn't want to admit to. And wait, so yeah, I didn't uh, I hear was, about this. Yeah. So like they, <laughs> the thing that was terrible was that they, they said, oh, there was a, a leak at our third party vendor. Right. Well, the third party vendor is Amazon Web Services. I mean, if you're going to pin the blame on AWS for, for your, you know, lacking security, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty ridiculous. So like, yeah, there was some whistleblower that came out and said, no, they're really idiots. You know, they're not logging access to their databases. So like their press release was like, well, we don't have any evidence of access to your data. And the whistleblower is like, well, they don't have any evidence of access to your data because they don't do any logging to their databases. So they have no idea who's been currying what. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. cool. I mean, that's, that's, a good, that's a good excuse. Sure. Yeah. So like, you know, the vagueness plus the, you know, kind of misdirection stuff. And it's just like, okay, my estimation of them just went through the floor. You never track it. You never know. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It seems like the... I don't know. It seems like what you you just you just gotta take the hit whenever something like that happens. You just gotta you just gotta suck it up and take the hit. Just like YOLO. <laughs> yeah, YODO. You only die once. <laughs> well, you know, you have to figure also. Like my data has probably been breached like five or six different times from five or six different large companies. So it's like, oh, who even cares anymore? Like I'll just spray my social security number and my birth date anywhere and just put on my billboard in my front yard eh, have at it you know <laughs> yeah publish it online mm -hmm. the, the dark web is kind of like a, a light gray web now you know there's, there's just so much so much data out there but you know it's ubiquity or you know do you buy like i have a small house so i don't really need like this these mesh systems which promise this outrageous speed right for outrageous amounts of money so i don't need the euro or whatever and then you know if you don't go with those options then all that's left really is like TP-Link or um, Netgear. It's like, well, okay, but like, uh, fine. It just doesn't seem like there's a really great quality product from a great quality company. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... The mesh yeah, systems are I mean, there was. Good. There like was a the couple mesh. weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a couple weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably still just buy the Ubiquity gear, <laughs> to be yeah, honest, because like, they're all, get, they're all like leaking your data. <laughs> So like, yeah, who's better? Yeah. And that's why you use TLS. For real. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine like we actually lived at a time when you would just like not even use TLS to log into your websites on a Wi-Fi? I know. I remember know. those days? So unsafe. It's amazing. Like I, I had a friend who was all anti-Wi-Fi because this was like 20 years ago because he was all like, you know, you just uh, take all your secrets and throw them out the window so anybody can get at them, you know? Yeah. It's, it's remarkable to think that we lived that way. Speaking of security, though, I was, I don't know why I was looking at this, but for some reason this morning I looked at uh, Tailscale again. I don't know if you're familiar with Tailscale. Well, what's that? It's a startup. They provide basically a smart kind of VPN. It's like a VPN with some magic sprinkles on top. Basically, they, they take WireGuard, which is a, a late generation VPN product. So you might be familiar with stuff like OpenVPN or even like way back in the day, like Cisco stuff that was done on hardware. 
but WireGuard, WireGuard is like the latest generation of VPN software, which is actually not crazy to set up. It's, it's actually reasonably easy to use. And then Tailscale like took that to the next level with making it super easy to just connect to whatever. So basically you run their little agent and you can VPN into your network without even having to worry about stuff. Like, and they do authentication, for example, through Google login or through Okta or whatever. So you don't have to like hop on a box and like create keys and, and send out stuff to people one-on-one -on -one and set up all these things. It's basically all just magic. Oh just yeah. Happens. So I was playing with that this morning and it's, it's really quite neat. And I was, I was like, okay, well, I'm on my iPad reading about it. And I'm like, well, just install this iOS. I'm like, great. So now I have that, that VPN thing. And then it gives you like IP addresses for all, you know, for all your internal stuff. Sure. And uh, it's like really cool. I, I mean, we already have VPN for our stuff, but I thought I was, yeah. like, maybe we'll But this would like, stuff. we wouldn't even need to pass around those like op open VPN files or whatever. Is that right. the gist of this? Right. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would, and they have like nice. ACLs and stuff. So you can say, oh, well, you know, the marketing person gets access to the internal dashboard, but mm. doesn't get access to SSH to these servers, right? And then, of course, there's that's, audit trails cool. and stuff. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Pretty handy. There, yeah, on their features, it says magic DNS. And I'm, I think we need a little more magic in our lives. So sure. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> but that would, be, that would be useful even if like you or I don't know, I can imagine it being useful if you're, traveling and you want to like go into your home network even like that would be pretty nice yeah yeah i was thinking about replacing my laptop with a mac mini and just leaving it in my office and then using Tailscale to hop in if i ever needed to do anything like you know most of the stuff is like git and whatever so i could just do it at home from my from a different machine but i was just like well maybe there's that one thing that i'm going to have on my machine at work and i want to have you know at night and so i was like oh Tailscale, put that on there and yeah fun toys yeah, that's really neat. Not related to security, though. I've been spending all week on customer stuff, like sales stuff, marketing stuff. Oh, how's that been going? Uh, well, you know, it's I've been kind of floundering a little bit. Like, it's not my background, right? And so everything is more difficult than it seems like it should be. It seems like there's a lot of friction there. Like, oh, for example, the early part of the week, we had some suggestions from Harris about some changes that we can make. To the website and we had yeah, some harris is our um sales consultant mm -hmm. guru guy okay and then we had some other suggestions from another good friend of ours that we can make and so i was looking at the homepage, and it's like man copywriting is art right it's like getting into that mindset of okay what's what's your customer perspective like when they come to this page like when and you have a candidate who's interested like what do they want to see and then trying to get in that mindset and then come up with some copy that speaks to that mindset. I yeah. know that there's this, this notion of like, oh, you go, go get your customer's voice from like reviews and things like that. But sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta create stuff, right? And so, I don't know. So I've been doing that and it's just like, it's not a skill that I have worked on developing. And so it feels very painful to try and come up with that. It's like, oh, really, this is like taking a lot of energy and a lot of effort. I really don't want to do this. I'd rather go, you know, plug in some VPN or something. <laughs> I think it may have been after a microconf or after, I don't think it was like bacon biz, but maybe, maybe even that first bacon biz we went to. We were having dinner with Ruben Gomez and talking about our um, homepage. And he was like, like, what is your customer want when they come to this, this homepage? What are they looking for? And I was just like, I don't 
know. I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> this is so hard. Uh, and it's hard to ask too. Like, yeah. So. And people don't even know. People can't tell you. People don't right. know what they want. Yeah, yeah. That was, and that was the whole point of that uh, that switch workshop that I did way back several years yeah. ago, talking about jobs to be done and, and getting in the mind of your customer. Why why are they showing up today? You know, why are they checking out? So I've also been emailing people, like we talked about before, emailing people who are signing up, right? And, and seeing how they're doing, get, getting engaged with the product and like crickets, zero responses. I think I've gotten one response. I sent dozens of emails, each one handcrafted, <laughs> but zero, like maybe one response. And it's, that's, that's tough. That's, that's real tough. Yeah. Like, ah, like when you do the work and you don't see any results, that's, that's challenging. If you think those emails, like we've tried it, we've made a few attempts at like get eliciting a, res a response from, from people that are signing up like that. And if you think about like the number of products that you sign up for, that you get emails from the founders mm -hmm. and, uh, like the number of them that you respond to, I think people are just overwhelmed with that particular channel or whatever. Like, I think it just, it's in, you know, it's like programmed into your head that like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for this. I'm probably going to get like a flood of emails and I'm just going to ignore most of them because they're just, you know, the run of the mill, whatever onboarding or mm -hmm. looking for feedback. Yeah. We actually had one, one person cancel recently who was in their trial period and they said, yeah, you sent me too many emails. That's not why they canceled, but that was part of their message when they, yeah. when they left. Hmm. And I, was I like, don't huh. listen to those people. <laughs> It's like, yeah, maybe, I like, maybe I should just like turn off all of our automated emails and just send the one from me, right? From, for, try that there for a few go. weeks. And, uh, there you but, go. but our, our emails, we put so much work into them and we, those videos yeah. are awesome. I don't know. I think I, like, I, it's I, pretty I like well emails. established that emails work pretty well for most people. Like, I think you, you have like the, there's like always the vocal, that vocal few that like just hate emails. And so you're always, you know, that you're going to hear from them much more than you're going to hear from people that like actually read the emails, I think. I wonder if it would be more successful to use something like a chat widget where it's like they're in the product, you're the only message happening there. They're not, you know, surrounded, like your message isn't buried in like 50 other messages from 50 other companies. Yeah. Well, we get the responses from the, like when you sign up the, the, the like intro introductions thing. Like yeah, I, I was surprised with the number of people that actually filled that out. And it's much higher than the response rate that we get on like, you know, that kind of email that you send, even if it's personal, like I've, I've never been able to like see a difference between like personally emailing someone versus having an autoresponder. I think everyone just assumes they're automated, you know, like, mm -hmm. and personalization is so good these days that it's really, it is, I think it's really hard to tell from like the. <laughs> the user's perspective, unless the entire email is like literally about them. I suspect a lot of people use email <laughs> like I do, which is I just give it a quick scan. And yeah. if it's not immediately, you know, applicable <laughs> to me or, you know, I just delete it. So yeah, maybe like, <laughs> it could be a customly written email. But if I'm just like, oh, this is a company I didn't ask for. OK, this is spam. Just delete. Yeah, maybe just yeah. go get that ubiquity dump and uh, put their super social security number in the subject line or something. <laughs> To show them oh, that you, you care. Go. There you go. That'd <laughs> they, be awesome. just, like really personalize it. <laughs> Your date of birth is. 
<laughs> then, then it would sound like those emails that you get, like I saw you on your webcam, you know, send me Bitcoin or else I'll send this video out to the world, you know? Oh, there you go. You extort? You're saying we should extort uh, responses? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, um, you know, that's one thing that we've, uh, we've dealt with for a long time, which is just like a lot of the things that people say to do, like we do. And then it's just like, it's just, you don't hear anything. <laughs> and it's like, okay, like, is it me? Do you not like me? <laughs> oh, have you tried bribery though? <laughs> no, I haven't. Tried bribery that. might work. Like, like offer, you know, like offer like a $50 50 or hundred dollar gift card or something to somewhere and, yeah, and like a free t-shirt or well, the free t-shirts work. Yeah. I mean like for our credit card thing, I don't know. Like my feeling is that you'd want to go a little bit, I don't know, like you could try the free t-shirt thing for the, uh, for the email you're talking about, like the feedback thing. But like, if you really want to sit down with someone, like if your, your goal is to like get them on a zoom call or something and just like pick their brain, like give them something of real value. Cause that's valuable. Like think about what, like, that their time is worth it should be mm -hmm. it should be at least comparable to their time and probably a little bit more just for the context switching cost so i can yeah. see that being you were talking about developers here like you know that's a good idea yeah so it's like if you respond to this email i'll give you a free t-shirt if you get on a call with me i'll give you a 50 dollars gift card there you go have like some tears choose, choose your reward level <laughs> yeah and and then then we need to do like a like an on-site thing once COVID travel is is not a problem anymore. And then we could do like the timeshare presentation thing where they come in for like four hours, you know, at a resort in, in Orlando <laughs> or something. And <laughs> oh, so you, we have a, a a plan that's free with um, seminar, right? Or seminar, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you ever done one of those? No, no, of course not. No, but well. <laughs> That I know people. I know that that's a thing. Like people totally like. Yeah, a lot of people like to game. They like to game the system. Do. Yeah. 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 They. Um. Yeah. We went and stayed at their timeshare in Mexico one time, which was nice, and uh, they had to go to some seminars, or some I don't know sales presentation, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just either either pay in money or you pay in time, and they figure, huh? I could pay in time. That's fine. Well, a lot of the timeshare places like, well, like you can just like stay at them like, like a hotel. But if you do, they still give you that offer of like, you know, get whatever, a hundred, whatever, $200 gift card, or it's usually a fairly decent offer, but then you got to go spend whatever, like an entire morning or more at their sales thing. But I know people yeah. that don't own timeshares, but they stay at timeshares and they will they will go to those things just to get the, get the prize. And then like, they have no intent, like they know, they know what they're doing and mm -hmm. they still go yeah. to them. That's so fun. There's so many different kinds of people in the world. Cause I would rather stay home. Yeah. Same here. Like there's like, no amount you could pay me. Vacation. There's no amount you could pay me to, to like, yeah, sit through one of those. Yeah. Wait. And like, like the more, the more complicated some sort of like, system is for me to like pay for something the more i think i'm just getting ripped off right it's like it's like okay it's a hotel room it costs like 200 dollars versus like well it costs this much but if you have three friends stay with you you can activate the 20 percent <laughs> bonus round where you get to shoot three basketball hoops <laughs> and yeah it's like somebody has like done the stats on this and i'm gonna lose mm -hmm. yeah Wait, the the LTV must be 
just insane for their customers, you know, to be able to like have X number of employees at the facility for Y amount of hours to, you know, and then whatever else they do for you while you're there, you know, that's, that's a fair amount of money you're putting into that marketing engine. They must, uh, timeshares are not cheap. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. So, um, this week I've been looking a little bit into conversion of uh, free users, which is pretty interesting, at least conversion of, of basic users, I should say. We've had different free plans over the years. The most recent one is basic. So yeah, like I, um, I still need to, uh, I'm going to do a little video, I think, and sort of go through everything. But the gist of it is, I think we're looking at around, like if you consider all, um, like, so we have, we, we have this question, right? We want to, you know, possibly alter the, the free quota the free error quota for to, you know, try and get more people to upgrade because right now um, very few people are actually who are on the basic plan actually use the quota number of errors. So it's like, okay, well, how do you, how do you decide like what the actual quota is that you want? As part of this um, discussion, Joshua was like, well, like, how do we like, can we actually see like what our existing conversion rate is among people who go over quota who are on the basic plan? And that conversion rate is around 30%, at least in the you know, sample of data I looked at. And if you look at people in North America, it gets up to, I think, around like 55%. Like it's pretty high. Not bad. So um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's just one more sort of factor to be at play, but I was really, honestly, I was really gratified to see that like, okay, like when people need to upgrade, um, a lot of them do like, that's, I think that's a pretty good number. So yeah, that's, and I don't know, it's, it's just fun getting to mess with that stuff. I got to use Jupyter lab, which is just, you know, I've talked about it before. It's this data science thing. I don't know. It's just fun. Did you also look at the overall free to to paid uh, conversion ratio? I know I did a quick query or two about that, but I was wondering if you dug into that anymore. Yeah, if you look at, so just to be clear, I only looked at, I basically only looked at accounts created this year and that were created with the basic plan. So there'll be some people who get left out of that. Like if you start with a paid account and then you downgrade to basic, but then you go over quota, like you're not counted in this because that's just getting too complicated. So with that caveat, the total, like if you just divide total, like people who upgrade from basic divided by total number of basic accounts, that is around 2%, um, which I think is roughly in line with what we saw before or what, what you were seeing. Mm-hmm. If you look at North America, it's about double that. Hmm. And well, then the obvious question is like, okay, well, why is that so low? And it's like, well, you know, one reason is probably that like if you look at that same group and say, okay, how many of these people went over their error quota at least once? Well, that's 5%, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So 5% of all basic users ever went over quota. So, you know, the rest of them were just never in a situation where they needed to upgrade. Yeah. And they're just, they're not going to upgrade, just have the generosity of their hearts to start paying oh, us when no, they don't need no. to pay us, right? Who would do that? Two to 4% is a Pretty, I mean, that's in the range of typical freemium conversion ratios, I think, if I'm, if I'm up on my current stats. That's what I've heard mm-hmm. on the internet anyway. So Yeah, I don't know. But it's just, it's not, at, at some point you have to wonder, like, what's, like, what's worth it? <laughs> because it's a still, it's a pretty low number well, of absolute conversions, right? 
Yeah, this um, we, we never were, had we the had free plan before. 10 times before. the number of free users. Yeah. 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 If we had like 10 times the number of free signups, then yeah, maybe it would be a higher absolute value of of users just like yeah. Uh, We've had we've had the that plan in place for about a year now. Uh, yeah. I was I was looking at these stats uh, with Harris. Actually, he was walking me through some of that stuff and happened to look back. And yet we launched them in March of last, of last year. And you know, I think the the key is like with a with a two to four percent conversion ratio, depending on you know you said North America versus not. I think that's fine if you say well the costs aren't that high. You know, both in processing, data storage, et cetera, and also in customer service. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's been the case. Like, we don't have an overwhelming, you know, uh, wave of basic customers who are soaking up all of our customer support time. And of course, we have the quotas in place that keep them from, you know, soaking up all of our real hard costs, right? So I, I'd say overall, it's been good. Uh, I think it's successful, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think like, as long as it's yeah, as long as it's not costing us much, the way I look at it is like it's just a it's it's a way to spread potentially more word of mouth, you know, yeah. increase our word of mouth yeah. basically because yeah. the more because the more people like the more fans of Honey Badger there are in the world, like the better it is for us in the long run. I assume like the more people that are potentially going to talk like mention us to their friends at other companies or um, or potentially like use us at you know when they actually need something for like a real, you know, like a larger project or whatever. Like, I mean, if they're already using Honey Badger or they've been using it for years as a free user, then they're, you know, we might see a return on that in the future. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, still though, if like, you know, if you could double the amount of new customers we get from Mm -hmm. free plan users, like without causing a significant harm, like why not? Mm -hmm. So much of business just seems to be about like making these minor little, you know, improvements that just get you. And what was, what did, what did the people at Turn River call it that you like so much, Ben, like um, blocking and tackling? Yes. Like these little, these little bitty wins. Right. And they're additive, right? You, you keep on stacking them and over time it makes, it makes a bigger difference. One of our competitors, the way they handle try and keep a, a lid on their freemium support costs is they don't offer support to freemium customers. <laughs> yeah. Like it's one of their features on their feature grid. It's like uh, email support crossed out if you're on their free plan. Wow. Yeah, that seems, I don't know. That's, I don't know. If you're going to have a customer, even if they're a free customer, I think you should probably acknowledge their presence by answering their support emails. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, yeah, it, it, it seems... It seems reasonable to me. You know, at the same time, it's like, well, these people are signing up for this free service. We're giving them something. And the fact that we have given them something doesn't obligate us to give them the same thing for the rest of their life. You know, it's, it's this weird thing where it's like, you know, you feel reluctant to, to change anything. But at the same time, it's like you're literally just giving somebody something with the hope that it will make you money in the end. And so it's just kind of, I don't know, it, like I totally get the hesitation to like make changes that people might not think are cool and we want to be cool and everything. But in the end, it's like, oh no, I signed up for this free service with the understanding that these people, with the understanding that this company is going to try and make, make money off of me. Oh no, they're trying to make money off of me. I'm offended. <laughs> like it's, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like part of the deal, right? It's like, you got to, we have these plans and we just have to, you know, tweak them, adjust them, try and, you know, 
you know, increased growth here or there. And like, I don't know, like, I think, I think it's, it may be possible to make free plans a more significant, you know, driver of, of growth. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be cool. I mean, it currently is. I, I would, I mean, if we could double that conversion ratio, I'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah. 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 So I've got a, in the thing I'm, I'm working on, I've got a little, a table and a chart, you know, so if you, if you're a visual learner, you can use a chart, but if you prefer a table, you got that too. Wow. Where it's just like, like different error quotas and then sort of projected like increase in number of like number of new accounts, new paid accounts per month. So we can just like, it's just like, I'm just giving y'all a menu to, to choose from. That's I'm, just, awesome. I'm just your waitress. I'm just, uh, I liked, yeah, I like Jupiter um, in that like it, it like inlines the equations, right? And then do does it like build like equations like later on in the uh, whatever in the document like build on previous ones or something? Is that how it works? Or yeah, so yeah. like you so they're not one. really equations. It's just Python code. Okay, um, yeah. It's just imagine you've got an IRB session, and in between the little snippets of in between the little blocks of code that you have in IRB, you can just add markdown to explain yeah. what that is. Yeah, I like I like that. And then it shows the code like inline. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. Cool. So if you do a calculation up at the top and you assign it to a variable, it's a global variable. It's still yeah. you know, available down at the bottom. Yeah, it reminds me of like a like a super advanced way to do like napkin math, which I'm a big fan of always. Oh exactly. Where, yeah. But you can like then convert that data into charts and pretty things like you were saying. I like too that it does sh- like it includes a code um, with the output. I mean, not only because it makes it easier to to play around with, but also it's I don't know. I always whenever I do analyses like this, I always like worry that I'm not like it's like I'm just using some secret process over here, and it turns out that had a big problem with it, and um, nobody's looking through my my source file, so they don't know this. They just see the output, which looks fine. Um, but at least this way, it's like there's a little bit of a sanity check. People can say, oh, that's actually wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. I, I had a random thought about the free. Yeah, what's that? This random thought was, was prompted a few weeks ago as I was working on setting up Front. So we recently switched from Help Scout to Front for our customer support and other shared inboxes. And as I was working on setting up Front, for some reason, I was like logged into one browser and then logged in again from another browser. I don't remember what I was doing. But as I did so, like Front booted me out of my other browser, like the first one. So I signed in on browser A, and then I signed in on browser B. And when I signed in on browser B, I got kicked out on browser A. I was like, oh, I guess they're probably, I mean, this might be a security thing, or what's more likely is since they bill on number of users, they're probably detecting like if a user tries to share their credentials and use in multiple browsers, then they're going to prevent that, right? (laughs) That was my thought. So my random thought for free is, I wonder if some people are using basic more than they should by sharing a login, right? Because we do have a limit of number of users on the basic plan. (laughs) Yeah. So so maybe we should be like... Some people are blushing right now, Ben. Some people... (laughs) Yeah, some people know we're onto them. <laughs> so I was like, maybe, maybe we should have some uh, some session uh, fixation and you know enforcement happening there to to check that. But I don't know if it's even exactly. worth writing the code to do that. But. Yeah, I think for free users, we should pop up a little like live stream video window in the corner that's just like us scowling at them. <laughs> we're just just looking at them really harshly. Yeah, we we love our free customers. 
or we can, <laughs> I know it sounds like we, hate, we don't hate people. We're just like, yeah, it's we're, just, yeah. We're just capitalists. It's just, a, it's just a matter of like, well, like should maybe more than 5% of our free users face a choice to upgrade or not? That seems pretty low to me. Like, I don't know. We can just think of it as we're encouraging them to exercise their capacity as human agents, you know, to exercise their free will. We already like give people three, three, like three users on the, on our free plan, which is Mm -hmm. so like at this point, like maybe they don't need to share logins, you know, like I could see back when we had the one, when it was like a one user plan, I totally, I imagine people were doing that. And if we move back to it, like I would say like, yeah, maybe we should think about that. Yeah, I don't know. There is, there's all sorts of fun things that we're not going to do because they're just mean. Like Josh was talking about doing like a, um, like a, 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 a black and white color scheme. <laughs> I think we talked about this just last make it show. Ugly. This is just, <laughs> this is just like us making up um, ways to, to annoy free users. Yeah, no, but I think like making, like finding ways to make the paid version cooler is definitely, uh, you know, That's I mean, more there's, yeah. there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, That's how we like roll. Animated mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, although this is going to apply to free as well, talk about making the product cooler. By the time this episode drops, we'll have a big feature released courtesy of Kevin, who spent the last little while working on an upgrade to our Slack integration. So now you'll have the opportunity to, if you're, if you're a lover of threads and Slack, then you'll love this change because we're now using threads quite a bit in between Slack and Honey Badger. Like, for example, we'll, we'll just get an alert and they'll create a message in Slack. If you reply to that message, then that will be added as a comment to the error in Honey Badger and back and forth. If you comment in Honey Badger, it'll show up in the Slack thread. So, and also some cool. interaction there. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. And Kevin's really looking forward to it because he's kind of tired of working on it. It's been, it's been it's, baking for it's a, a while. Big effort. Yeah. 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 And we've been using it internally for quite a while and it's, it's great. Even, even me as a person who does not love threads in Slack, uh, I still love this feature. I think it's I think it's going to be great. Well, he made it an option for you, right? So that you can turn the threading off if you want to. So yes, if, yes. if you don't like threads, so you're not forced. They're not forced upon you. Um, but I have to admit, like this is this is a really cool like workflow, like idea use case for Slack that I, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen this done anywhere. That's it could you know it might people might be doing this, but I haven't seen it. And I think it, yeah, it's, and it's also, it has all the like, act, like embedded actions too, that you would have in the Honey Badger UI for like managing errors. So like, it almost is like, I think like the idea is that it, it gives you, it's just another like UI alternative to like our web app. So like for people who don't want to use the web application or don't, you know, don't want to spend as much time in their browser, or maybe they just like Slack centric workflows, like this gets you closer to just being able to use Slack as your as your like interface to Honey Badger, basically. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And and we had considered making this a feature that was not available to the free users. Like maybe this could, you know, encourage people to upgrade. But in the end, we thought, well, this is just so cool. Let's just go ahead and give it to everybody. So I don't know if that was the right decision, but that's that's where we're going so far. I think people like it. Limiting Slack on the free plan would be potentially a that would be interesting though, because like it's such like so many people use it. Like yeah, that would I'd be tempted to upgrade for something like Slack if I didn't have it. Yeah, but we've always it taken seems- the approach of like giving those like whatever the ones like the ones that everyone use like Slack and GitHub, basically like those are the ones that we make available and then hold back want. on Jira. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, 
the understanding I'm kind of coming to about free users is that they tend not to upgrade for nice to have things. Maybe this is just users in general. I have a hard time really imagining like that many free users um, upgrading for a really cool like threaded slack back and forth type thing. Mm -hmm. But if they needed to access GitHub and Slack and they couldn't do that on a free plan, like that seems pretty like a need to have versus a, a want to have. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, by the way, yeah. like no, no GitHub and Slack, basically. It's like, well, only, so free plans only get to send messages, to send errors to Atlassian products. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the reverse of like a lot of enterprise things. It's like free users can only send things to the enterprise products that nobody wants to use. <laughs> that's, that's, I like that. I like that. Line. That's, that's like extra evil because it, the free plan also has like the error limit that would just be like, would you like drive you insane if you're like someone who's already using Jira because you're like, you're some enterprise <laughs> sign up. Yep. So like, there's no way that you can use the product without upgrading. Yeah. And like we could do your logins, right? You can't log in with an email address. You have to use like Okta, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> you have to use an SSO provider to be able to log in. So since we're thinking outside of the box, I've got a good one. So Instead of having an error quota for free users, we can have a, a number of errors. So it doesn't matter if you send us 100 errors. If your quota is 10,000, you're getting 10,000 error messages. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just generate, we'll fill in the, <laughs> fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, we'll just make one, we'll make ones up. We'll make, we'll make some up. <laughs> pretty good i like it you, you yeah, just like they it. all come in at the end of the month like we have a, a window it's like <laughs> gotta meet your quota here they are <laughs> yeah it's kind of a weird back and forth because like i love our customers like i i have every intention of being like cool to them i want to be i want us to be cool and for people to like us at the same time it's like well it's kind of our job to kind of try and optimize the business and make money and I don't know. So it's like you don't want to go like full on um, intercom with it and just like, just, you know, steal money out of people's pants when they're in the shower. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's like maybe, you know, maybe we can, I don't know, get make people happy to, to, to let us rifle through their pants and we'll let them in the shower. Yeah. I don't know. You know, at the same time, our kids still got to eat, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to put shoes on the kids' feet, so pony up. I know, I know. <laughs> Shoeless and starving. That's right. So you've been listening to Founder Quest. Go give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Um, if you want to write for us, uh, check out our um, Write For Us page at, just go to www.honeybadger.io, go to the blog, Look at the right for us link, click on it, read through the whole thing and follow the instructions to a T. And yeah, when you do, a coded message will appear via carrier pigeon on your desk within two hours. That's service. It is. It is. We really, we really believe in service with a smile. Will the pigeon be smiling? I think that's physically impossible, but they're, <laughs> I think they're always smiling inside. No doubt. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? 
go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.